Hi, my name is Yasmin Tarehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness and spirituality. Today's episode is with an intuitive osteopath who will teach us about cultivating our attention in order to heal ourselves. On this episode, we'll be featuring our guest, Michelle Veneziano, who is an osteopathic family physician and clinical professor of osteopathic medicine at Turo University in Northern California. She teaches students, patients, and doctors how to harvest the wisdom of nature and the body, be our own doctors, and heal with ease and pleasure. Her approach to non-surgical orthopedics is rooted in cranial osteopathy, a hands-on healing and consciousness practice through which body, mind, and spirit return to balance and well-being. Very excited to welcome you today, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So just to kind of start off, can you tell us for those who don't know, what exactly is an intuitive osteopath? And maybe you can actually define what an osteopath is for our audience who may not be aware of that term. Oh, sure. Um, I love being asked this question because I always have a different answer. There are so (laughs) many different ways to answer this question. Um, and my own idea of what an osteopath was and who I am as a healer has evolved so much throughout my 20 plus years of doing this work. Um, I, I consider what I do being a human in tune with the world and others and myself and in, uh, being willing to live that way, healing kind of comes through automatically. So my education was very much about you know, the mechanics of the body, and to some degree, even in medical school, the bioelectrics of the body, because you really can't separate the two. And our profession definitely recognizes that, um, sometimes more informally than formally. But you can't really do hands-on anything without getting into that subtle aspect of our biology. So when I started um, in school in the mid-90s, I wouldn't say I was particularly intuitive or let's say I believe now that we're all intuitive, but at that time I couldn't really tap into it. And so my whole journey of learning my craft has been healing myself because I, I literally was too dense in my body from being in this culture, which is quite disembodied, right? Not having my attention, um, able to connect with my physical self, be one with my physical body, and um, having had uh, a lot of, you know, mind activity, because that's how our culture exists, very mental, not very sensory oriented, or even emotional, feeling, you know, the nuances of non mental processes in the <laughs> body, and then physical trauma. So I was really just kind of dense. I mean, when we get into electromagnetics, which is what we'll talk more about later, I'm sure my process of working with people to heal is to um, be able to shift from that denser particle-like association of our being to more of a wave-like, more of an ability to be engaged with the concert of life around us and become one with it. So although I had um, a definite I was definitely called like the way that I came upon osteopathy was a really quite a, um, it felt not accidental. Like the, looking back, I can see how there was guidance coming through, but I wasn't aware of it at that time. And yet I followed it 
and it landed me in this place, which was really the perfect place, osteopathic education, for my own healing. And so as I've come through that um, and become less dense and more fluid, <laughs> and you can see my whole uh, website is about how this happens and how to be in flow with life and how healing is really automatic when that happens uh, I've come to have my own definition of osteopathy, which, yes, it's very medical, but you can't separate um, subtle, fluid uh, awareness and embodiment from healing. So that's what osteopathy is to me at this point in my life. Beautiful. Thank you, Michelle. And I think that I have a lot of questions from your answer, and I'm sure that folks in the audience will as well. And, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit about what you mean by electromagnetics and how you move from a more dense space to a more wave-like space um, and, and how you became more connected to the whole. I think, you know, that leads kind of into another question, which is how can people heal themselves? And uh, maybe you could walk us through that process. Absolutely. Um, what I love about it is that we basically are life movement. We are healing is innate in us. We, it, uh, the, what I teach is so very simple. That doesn't mean it's easy because when we start to open up, we get into very um, deep processing of whatever we haven't been feeling for so long. So I wouldn't say it's easy, but I would say it's simple. And I've distilled it down to learning how to recondition the attention as it has, uh, as I spoke to before, how we're all so mentally oriented and the simple process of orienting to feeling, sensation, awareness of the body, it, it automatically ignites healing. And this is the science shows this, right? Um, everything we're speaking about in bioelectrics has been described in the language of physics for over a hundred years. So for instance, now in neuroscience, what we see, um, and I love this quote by Dan Siegel, MD, who is a psychiatrist, a uh, clinical psychiatrist at UCLA, and who teaches a lot about neuroscience and mind-body medicine. And my favorite quote that speaks to, that says everything is, where the attention goes, neural firing flows and neural re rewiring grows. So I'll translate that to the palpable experience I have in my office when I see a patient. I think this will really illustrate the point about this transitioning from particle to light, right? The physics shows that that uh, all matter um, displays features of wave and particle potential, either going from this more dense state to this more uh, wave-like and more easily transmutable or morphed or shifted state or adaptable state. So when we're in density, we are not so in connected to this larger symphony of life and motion and intelligence in the universe. However, it's always there. And the, and the healing comes from realigning ourselves, re-entraining ourselves. I love that word. It's like syncing up or harmonizing as in music or uh, when water goes from turbulent to laminar, as in like the white water on the ocean shore to the big swells of motion that are 
organized and elegant and um, very powerful in the ocean, right? The healing comes when we tap into that larger wave and can be supported by all of the forces and intelligence in the universe that we're really not separate from. But we have the experience of being separate. And that's where disease, discomfort, disharmony come from. So back to where what happens when a person walks into my <laughs> office, it's always the same. They're always and it's always completely unique each time. It's 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 a, a new experience in the most amazing way every time. It never happens the same way twice, but but people always walk in where I can sense their physical body is uh, almost like deflated, like a lung that hasn't expanded. And so uh, they're behaving more like a particle and there isn't this way for this wave-like, this, um, um, the intelligence and potency uh, that comes from being collected with the connected with the larger symphony of life isn't making its way in. Mm -hmm. So the person, yeah, they'll come in, they'll lay down on the table. They're usually breathing very shallowly. They've got a million stories in their head <laughs> about what's going on. <laughs> and I'm, and I think that's really adorable. And I, I listen and I'm listening also for underneath right? The thing I didn't used to be able to feel was that deeper layer of, of information that may, may not be linear or analytical at all. Just starting to honestly connect with the person is what starts to bring them into present time and, and ignite the energy. Um, we do this through connection. So my practice is being there in my body, right? I've practiced so much, holding my attention in my cells, maybe if I'm having a little bit of an um, off day, I'll do extra rubbing my feet on the floor or visualizing roots down into the earth. And so I'll begin to hold a coherent, clear, present, almost signal in the room with no agenda as to what happens with this person. However, because we naturally seek to restore to harmony and, and all mammals, um, I think all living things, but mammals most certainly, our survival is dependent on this ability to co-regulate and harmonize with one another so that we can work in cooperation and, and exist in a healing state. So I sit there open and present with the person and um, become curious and amused by their process, which is really none of my business, but I get to witness it without influencing it. And then I watch how the, this being present and, um, you know, being able to recognize my nervous system and my calming, healing, uh, non-judgmental presence automatically starts to bring them into connection with their bodies. And then all of their neural circuits and also, um, I guess you'd call meridians or bioelectric field effects in the body start to inflate. So I call it a re like refreshing the life force lung mm. um, capacity of the body. How long does that process usually take? Is every person uh, different? Um, 
And does it take people maybe multiple times to get to that coherent space? And if you get to that coherent space, how long do people usually stay there before being kind of thrown off again? That is the best question. <laughs> um, I, I have never been asked that question, but it really, it really encompasses everything I try to get across to people. And I, and I give them this reflection in the sessions, um, because it's, people ask that very thing, how long will it take? How long will it hold? And it really depends on how well the person is learning and applying themselves or enjoying rather. It's not an obligation. This is like a coming home and being um, able to receive this, this healing that's there for us always. Uh, how well they're, they're, they've um, become able to receive that way. And so my practice is no longer just, oh, you're off, come in, let me reset you. It's more like, huh, okay, now we're rebooted. Whatever it was that took us away, we get to practice this muscle of coming back, which in, in and of itself is a skill. And while the people, while people are on the table, I bring their attention to notice what, you know, if I'm, say, holding their tailbone, I'm sensing their whole body. I can tell if their leg or their foot is starting to um, breathe again from uh, energetically speaking. And I bring their attention to it to start to cultivate their attention, their, the connection of their own attention to their physical body. And that does take um, practice because we start out really none of us being trained how to do that or having that modeled even by our parents. And so the practice of retraining the attention and building the neurons that have that uh, neural communication and electromagnetic communication going between the awareness, the conscious mind, and the subconscious mind, which is the physical body, starts to build new neural pathways. So I say to the person, this will last and even deepen as a function of how you're cultivating it in your life, like a garden, right? So when they're on the table, yes, we can refresh the circulation. It's like unkinking the hose in your garden, and we can help the blood flow get to where it needs to go and get all the nutrients and like the fertilizer in the garden. And then, depending on the state of the garden, it then begins to grow. So the healing actually starts when they get up off the table, because then all the circulations are available. Um, and then the regeneration begins. And then I teach them how to keep it going, because that's the fun part, right? That's the part of having agency in your life over cultivating, you know, a deeply nourishing, uh, beautiful life experience, a rich, uh, deep relationship with your own body and life experience versus the thing we mostly do in this culture was which is dissociate from those things and be in effect of our lives being um versus driving our lives and being able to choose how we spend our time and our energy and how uh i guess it's like heart connected how really present are we and able to uh savor the miracle of life and the beauty, um, wonder of everything. Mm, so beautiful. 
Michelle, I'm curious if you could maybe talk a little bit about entrainment. Uh, you briefly mentioned it in one of your answers. I, I'm specifically curious about the you know differences between people, maybe who one is operating more like a wave versus another who's operating more like a particle and how entrainment influences uh, people within a, the same space, within a room. What is what does that look like? And I imagine that during your sessions, there's a level of entrainment going on as well. So I'm curious if maybe you could. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a wonderful question because, um, this gets down to the most, uh, the basics of life. For instance, when natural humans prior to, you know, industrialization and quote unquote civilization, we re- we relied on this ability to entrain with the environment, which means sync up with it or harmonize with it versus be in dissonance with it to basically log on to this very large um, field of information and power. And that's how we used to find food and know what the weather was going to do and where the predators were. These are extremely innate skills of of not just surviving, but thriving. And so they're extremely essential tools even in modern times. And though we manage to do something different that clearly isn't working very well, we're far from thriving. And I believe it's because of this very basic need to sense that we're actually one with a much larger thing. And... It's such a basic biological need, as a matter of fact. And when we can do this entrainment thing, and, and I like how you said, in a room, what's happening? What's happening is in the room, those who share the space are, the, the way that nature works is we entrain to the strongest signal. That is why it's so powerful to be in the presence of someone who's cultivated their electromagnetic field um, deeply integrated with their physical body. So the physical body is also generating the same signal and powerfully and coherently with clarity. And um, so basically the strongest signal in the room wins. (laughs) So when I'm in the office, right, with my – and that's why powerful leaders of, you know – in the world or speakers or, um, you know, anyone who's really embodied and, uh, and in touch with themselves and then logged onto this larger thing is very magnetic and very compelling. And so, uh, if you are allowing your, if you're checking out and, and I'm not saying that as a judgment because that's our training, but if you are living that way, you're going to find yourself um, at kind of the mercy of whatever's going on in your environment that's stronger or able to overpower whatever gesture your body's always making toward um, coherence within. We're always seeking to come into focus and be in present time, whether we're conscious of it or not. But we're getting uh, distracted or scrambled by the dissonance, disharmony in the environment which can also come through uh, electromagnetics and, um, you know, all manner of disruptors. Like we have a a whole way of life now that's filled with so many wrenches that can get thrown into the coherence of any body's field. 
And you're reminding me now that one of the most beautiful things I've been remembering to teach everyone now, because I feel like this came to me as this beautiful download of relief that I could transmit to the world. I want to say, hey, everybody, wait a minute, pause. (laughs) All of these things are challenging us to emit a stronger signal because not everyone gets a virus. Not everyone, you know, gets, um, you know, a body injury from a medication or even reacts to wheat or toxins in the food. If If we're really deeply, powerfully able to um, exist in a state of integration between our subtle body, our electromagnetics. Um, some say that's what the spirit is, that we come in and we infuse every cell in our body with this potency and, and this intelligence. Then that becomes um, a refresh in real time, um, a healing in real time, such such that all of these external influences they may come in and have an impact but they can also be reset and released and that is the the essence of energy medicine to me it's the consciousness and the presence that comes in and fills the space with this other thing so that the frequency and even the physical presence of say a toxin really is neutralized I mean, that's, that's a big, a bit of a stretch, right. For a lot of people to imagine, but, um, homeopathy works that homeopathy is a form of energy medicine that seeks to, uh, create a coherent, harmonized other awareness or consciousness in the body that overrides whatever the, um, distortion is and i'm not a homeopath so this is speaking from my osteopathic perspective i imagine this is what (laughs) homeopathy is doing but the message that i want to make clear is that every one of these um confronting burdens you know that are constantly challenging us from the outside are opportunities to express that willingness to live and um, embody life affirming way more powerfully. So it's like shifting from are we victims to all these things or are we athletes training at altitude being called to up our game? Mm, wow. I think that's a very important message, especially this year. Um, right. I think a lot of people are talking predominantly about the virus and, uh, it's almost like from a defensive perspective rather than an offensive perspective, right? playing forward versus playing Mm -hmm. defense and interesting. Um, Michelle, can you tell us some stories from patients where you have uh, seen, you know, profound changes or stories of healing that you think are worth mentioning to this audience? Absolutely. I have so many. I I just taught a class to uh, 30 doctors on kind of the everything of what I know uh, because it can, it really comes down to healing myself first, right? If I'm going to be the strongest signal in the room and radiate my wisdom um, and model this uh, alignment that that others, um, because we we co-regulate as that's what that's what animals do, and so um, I had to draw on so many stories came to me, and one in particular was uh, a time in residency, actually, 
or was it? Yeah, it was residency. And I was, I didn't know anything. I was really still barely in my body. The reason I love this story so much is because I had no skills. I knew nothing. I was willing to try. That's every patient, right? And the power of the attention in the body is so profound. Almost just thinking you might want to do it is deeply transformative in ways that are unimaginable. And I encourage people not to take my word for for this, but to prove it to yourself. So I was just about to start my family practice residency in Colorado Springs, and I was mentoring. I was an um, apprenticing with this master osteopath in Boulder, Colorado, and several of his patients knew people in where I was going to be living shortly. And, um, yeah, I was still an intern. I knew nothing. I had no practice whatsoever, but I'd learned how to feel the difference between present, not present. That's about all I felt confident in like, Oh, I'm in my body. Oh, I'm not in my body. Oh, I'm in my body. Now I'm present with this person. Let's see what happens. And so this patient asked me, can you treat my boyfriend's, um, my good friend's boyfriend? He was a pro hockey player and he's had intractable headache, head pain for 10 years. And he's had 13 different surgeries and neck and head and nothing's ever changed anything. (laughs) Oh, 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 duh. That's like a perfect patient for a brand new, you know, I don't even think I had my license yet. (laughs) And a little voice in Inside me said, you know, it's funny because when you tune into your body, you're going to get often the opposite of what your head says. My head said, are you crazy? There's no way I'm going to take that on. That's a built in fail. And my body said, oh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I love that. They're, they're at odds all the time, head and body. Guess who wins usually? It's the body, although it's not always it's not always comfortable, um, as it wasn't in this case. Saying yes to this, you know, kind of celebrity who'd had thirteen surgeries, nothing ever worked. So I was like, sure, sure, I'll do it. I'll see him. So I got I had just got myself a little log cabin in the woods on the edge of town, being drawn to and not quite realizing how powerful it is to be connected with nature and trees and animals, um, which is where I live now, right? This is one of the ways I take care of myself is kind of a built-in connection with nature where I spend most of my time. So I had this guy um, lay down on my table thinking, oh, if he only knew, I know nothing. Uh, (laughs) But I sat there. I sat there. It's almost like the treatment came from that little voice that was saying, we're doing this. You got this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I put my hands on the patient with openness and no story about what could and couldn't happen. And the first thing, it was a remarkable um, intuitive perception, one of, my, one of my earliest, which puzzled me because... I felt his head and I, and it felt like his head and his neck were fine. I I thought, well, and I, how would I even know this? I didn't even have confidence in my skill to assess that at this time, but I got this strong impression that came through, oh, his head and his neck are fine. However, I can't feel his body at all. It was almost like, 
His body was a cinder block and his neck and his head were like this jack in the box, just totally, uh, you know, dra- a dramatic non-integration situation. But I saw this little flash and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I just stayed there. I stayed there connected to my body in this beautiful natural setting. And this actually speaks to entrainment because um, to this group of doctors, I presented this whole paper from the language of um, quantum theory and physics that, that explains that how doing less actually allows waveform to, I, I guess, imagine two dis- uncoherent bodies being these uh, big kind of chaotic frenzies of energy, and then they come together and they get still, and then by and by, as the waves calm down, they can sync up with each other like if you were trying to mount a horse that was running, you'd kind of have to match the pace and then you could hop on. So in retrospect, that's what happened in my mind. And he laid there and I waited for this entrainment thing to happen. I think it took an hour. And all I could feel was this subtle uh, feeling more cohesive or like entrained with his system not merged with it just not dissonant with it and the space around me as a matter of fact in treatments in my office the end point of the of the session is when I really can't feel the person anymore because they're so continuous with the space around them all the way to the horizon and beyond mm. um, wow. yeah it's really really remarkable so all I felt at that time with this person was that that there was no longer a process happening. We had landed in some kind of steady, um, coherent um, existence, and I, my attention wasn't drawn to any problem or disintegration in his body. We were just present, simply present, and. Ah, speaking to the power of presence, that's really all we did. And he got up off the table and he said, the entire time there was this heat at the center of his head that was so hot, it was like there was a hot poker in there and he could barely tolerate it. I had no perception of this at the time. But what I knew from my training and I kind of put two and two together, which is largely through the biodynamic model of osteopathy taught through James Jealous Dio, who I would say was my main guide. We talk about this um, almost like the pilot light of the electromagnetic self. And so it sits in the third ventricle of the brain in the, in the midbrain and I imagine that's what happened. Do I ever let my mind, um, do I ever imagine that we actually know? No. Do I ever really need to know? No. But um, that was, yeah, this concept of a pilot light, it's often that this very basic thing of simply the seed of igniting the person's own electromagnetic or spirit presence back into the physical body, it's, it's almost like the suggestion all it, is all it takes because our most 
the, the most powerful inner drive is to restore to that place all the time. Healing's always happening. We're just standing in the way of it. Wow. Um, I'm sure that there are so many other uh, interesting stories of healing. Uh, what, maybe, what sort of things have surprised you the most in this journey? Um, well, how much I love surprises <laughs> because, you know, um, how much I've shifted from a person who kind of, you know, relies on predictability and concreteness and how, um, really my perception of what's possible and, and the extent of, I, I don't know, people say, is it magic? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's how it's nature is nature magic. I guess nature's magic. <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> there's no limit to really, I feel I, I'm called a master, but I feel like, um, I am just at the beginning all of the time and I uh, never stop being surprised or led into deeper states of wonder about what's possible. And that's why I feel so optimistic about this crazy time. I, I have a place in my being where I, I just know without being able to explain it, that there's so much more than meets the eye to the process unfolding before us. And as I say this, I see in my mind, and I've also had it described by scientists, that the human perceptive, you know, range of frequencies of information, where we have visual spectrum, auditory spectrum, we have this very limited, maybe a hundredth or hundredth of a hundredth uh, percent of um, what the human biology is adapted to being able to perceive is such a tiny fraction of reality. And my body tells me that, um, that really an amazing, um, transformative process is taking place and, and really probably has been since the beginning of time. And, and we're in a particularly steep learning curve right now, uh, I, I feel right now as I'm speaking, my belly's I'm like there's excitement in there because <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is happening in my lifetime and I can feel how much bigger it is than what I see. But I, and I can't, I can't explain more. I'm just really grateful. Like the thing you asked me, like what surprises me? I'm surprised at these insights that make no sense to my mind that continually expand my, um, awareness of the magnitude of the miracle of life. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's only the beginning, right? There's so much we don't know. And um, Michelle, I'm, I'm curious, you know, for patients that have maybe walked in with a less of an understanding of this, of this space and maybe who don't believe in this connection to something higher, I, I'm curious, you know, how, how, what's like the, what's like the next thing that you say to them? Like, how do you convince people that have zero interest in this intuitive space? And also, you know, what's stopping, what have you seen as like major themes that are stopping them from keeping an open mind? I'm, I'm really fascinated by that. I mean, I sit in a lot of different worlds and I think, um, you know, have had a lot of, you know, training in, uh, science and linear, logical, rational thought. And so, the space of the using intuition is very different. Uh, and so I'm, I'm curious, you know, 
how do you close that gap? Like, how do you, how do you start to have a conversation, you know, at that intersection for people, um, that are really novices to this path and this space? Mm, So good. Let's see. I have three or four things. Um, for one thing, when you said convince my whole body, like contracted, because there's no (laughs) part of this that's about convincing, (laughs) right? It really isn't. When I talked about, it's really a no goal situation because then you're opening up to, there's something larger happening here. For instance, um, you know, when we start to get present and metabolize the blockages in our bodies, that's no joke. And I remember one time going through a particularly intense, almost little dark night of the soul portal and coming out on the other side of it and feeling like I barely survived. And, and, and I reframed at that point, I was like, okay, wake up's not for sissies sometimes. (laughs) So if someone says they're not ready, believe them. Like I'm not going to push on anyone. And at the same time, this business of no goal getting really present is almost like bypassing the mind and getting down to where if you actually can resonate and, and tune into that being in the room without judgment or, or agenda, that's so key. They, there's a place in them that may feel met and have them able to breathe and soften and feel supported and safe. And really it's that safety that allows people to open. So I offer that without, um, you know, any kind of investment in an outcome, but that like the thing that surprised me over time again is what's possible when you drop agenda and you get present and you, and you become open to the larger thing underneath and then the the larger thing underneath that, because your mind is never going to understand it, but your heart can work with it and their heart can work with it. If you can meet in that place and they're dying to, right? Every person's dying to feel reconnected, belonging, um, re, um, you know, return to their, um, almost communion with their divine self, their connection with the larger, larger magic of nature and life, whether they know it or not. Mm, that's good. That's so great. Yeah. I, Michelle, I've heard this explained also as I think we're all trying to get more connected to ourselves, And we, we think that by having quote unquote financial success or relationships or children, um, that's going to get us closer to the connection with ourself. But at the end of the day, we were all just, we all kind of wanted the same thing, which is that stronger connection with our unlimited potential. Um, so yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, belonging, belonging. Yes. (laughs) We're never separate actually, but when our energy's in our head and that's where we live, we don't remember, we we can't tell how, how here we are. It's like Rumi said, actually, uh, I don't know if I remember the poem, but he described being this very concept of being, it's like being the pearl inside the oyster at the bottom of the ocean, wondering where all the water is. Like mm. it's everywhere. <laughs> but we're in, when we're in that closed place, we're, you know, a micron away from it, but we can't tell. Yes. Yeah. Um, Michelle, what are some books or resources that you can recommend to our audience that have 
inspired you uh, on this path or books that you think would be good to read um, to get people a little bit more familiar with this subject? That is a really great question. And until this moment, because I was thinking you were going to ask me that, and I was like, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Just when you asked that, it popped in. It popped in. And um, there's a practice that I think is just almost too... Um, it's a Western practice that is a, it's called continuum movement. And it is a way of igniting through sound and breath and movement in, in connection with others because of that field, the potent, you know, the potential of the field experience. That is a real fast track, I feel, to getting in touch with this innate fluid place that I've been referencing. Um, and so, I've been working with a teacher, Beth Pettengill Riley, who's doing an online series. Um, her website is themovingwell.com. And um, and then my own mentor, uh, a brilliant, beautiful osteopath named Bonnie Gintis Dio, wrote a book called Engaging the Movement of Life, which she in which she talks about how continuum and osteopathy are, are really the same practice. I can I call continuum movement self osteopathy. And then actually I'm teaching some version of this myself. I'm beginning to more so. I've written a lot about it and I've put a few videos on my own social media. Like pretty much everything I teach is free on my Michelle Veneziano Dio Facebook page. Um, and I'm writing my own book, but it, it hasn't uh, quite manifested, but I have an outline. So stay tuned on that. Amazing. <laughs> Okay, wonderful. And um, so it's called Continuum Movement. That's the the name of the... Continuum. Yeah. Um, continuum. Continuum Movement. I love um, on YouTube, tons of videos of Susan Harper, Cass Phelps, Ajaya Summers. Um, yeah, they're so inspiring. They're almost... Uh, even opening one of those might have you go into a little bit of a what is this even possible? I love I love that I kind of like, I'm like surprise, <laughs> but I think we're ready for it. Like I would say I've been I've become a little bit more bold because I really feel like people are waking up and they can handle a little bit of playful nudging. I'm a little bit like that. I'm a little bit confrontational <laughs> in a really loving way if I sense an opening, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, thank you so much for those resources. And maybe as like a last takeaway, Michelle, is there anything that you want to tell our listeners about their health and wellness? What's sort of your main takeaway, your kind of uh, maybe call to action? <laughs> yeah, I would say we are becoming... Um, a culture that's returning to feeling overthinking and that if you find yourself in a, and we're all adapted now, our, our neurology is really adapted to thinking, but even just a moment or two of pause in an experience to have a, you know, connected or an attempt to connect with the body's guidance um, on handling a situation in the current moment or just tuning into the deeper thing, a pain maybe wanting to share with you like those those potent pauses of just a little bit of stillness and willingness to open to something larger are uh there's just mar miraculous um 
potential in there. And also one of the things I teach, um, and I'm teaching about this in a, in a summit coming up on health is how important it is to hydrate well and get sunshine. Remember the garden analogy? Mm-hmm. Like we really are, you know, um, we're like plants. We, we need these things and just to put some attention on calling in the support of things as you would to a garden that you're cultivating and enjoy it. Like there's no obligation here. There's a place in you that is really so yearning and thirsty and, um, you know, to, to be nourished. Oh, that's a beautiful mm-hmm. analogy. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Michelle, this has been so great. I, I think that I have so many more questions and I'm sure that you're going to get a lot more questions after this episode. Um, for people that are interested in uh, signing up for your newsletter and following you on social media, where can they find you? So uh, my website is called michellevenetzianodio.net. It's a little cryptic. Um, and then my social media is the same, Michelle Veneziano Dio, Facebook and Instagram. And I'm not, I'm not really big on um, the media stuff, but I'm getting better. And I'm just, I'm really just so eager to be in, I love, I love questions. I love engaging with people when they, you know, read something that brings something up and they want to uh, engage around it. I love that. So definitely look, um, look me up and find me and uh, bring me your questions. Wonderful, Michelle. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm just super excited that uh, people are going to listen to this conversation because I think it's incredibly helpful, um, especially now more so than ever. So thank you so much. And for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learned about the intuitive osteopath, learning how to cultivate your attention to heal yourself. And you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness and spirituality. Thanks again.